she posted a picture of it with a caption about how she'd had a terrible day and how seeing that changed everything in that moment for her. I didn't know her. I didn't know her at all. She knew people I knew. Someone tagged me. It's like this thing that I had no idea what I was doing. It's working. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Cammie Camps. And I am Rick Tarosi, and we, as you know, are mildly interesting people. Because of that, we work very, very hard to find far more interesting people to interview every week. These folks may not be familiar to you, but they're famous to us. Cammie, who is our guest this week? This is, this is an interesting one. For many reasons, to me, I'm sure it will be interesting to you. Usually we start this off and I'm like, oh, it's my friend. I'm going to have my friend on the show. And this time I'm in like this awkwardly, I learned about this person before we started doing the show and was a huge fan of hers. Uh, and then started becoming friends, which as an adult is a really weird thing to do. <laughs> it's an even weirder thing to do when you're not like, oh, we're shopping at the same market or we work together. So. I have become friends with this person recently, and she is really awesome. And so I'm going to use this as an opportunity to get to know her a little bit more uh, and to share her with all of you. So everyone, please give a warm welcome to my my new friend. <laughs> That's so awkward. It doesn't matter, though. <laughs> Hi, Shana Lee. How are you? I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to my weird interview process in which it's weird. Um, but I thought we just like right out of the gate, you and I immediately had a conversation about the fact that it's super weird to make friends when you're an adult. Yeah. It's super weird to make friends ever. Yeah. But, it's not easy. Yeah. No. What are your, what are your thoughts on like the adult friend process? <laughs> well, it's interesting because I've made a lot of friends this year. Hmm. Um, a bunch of people came into my life and I thought, you, I like you. Let's be friends. Keep you. Yeah. In, in the case of you, Cammy, uh, you put the loveliest note on an order you placed <laughs> about how you were gifting something to a teenager. Yeah. And I thought Cammy's my kind of person because I <laughs> make, I make friends with teenagers. <laughs> Well, sometimes you so can't help it. Say, but it is a weird thing. That teenagers are rad. Yeah, they can be when you're yeah. not like my my own child was rad when she was a teenager, but uh, yeah, she wasn't rad to me. But yeah, teenagers can be rad. But uh, I had adults in my life that were yeah. that kind of person to me. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, I try <laughs> to be that kind of person for other kids. What do you I think? My own. Like, is it just the energy of this weird year? Everyone's coming off of the pandemic and we're like, oh, we need more. Like what? Because I've noticed that too. I've started talking to a lot more people than I would have in the past. And I'm like, I'm not sure what's going on, but I'm not usually this friendly. Um, I think it's the the weird post. Well, we're not post. What am I saying? We're not post. We're entrenched. <laughs> we're in this period. Um, I think everyone's <laughs> desperate to be social. I think that's part of it. And mm -hmm. I think uh, 
I am being very intentional about my relationships and who I want to spend time with and give energy to. Um, I say I'm a lot. Sorry. Uh, You're right at home. That is my particular verbal pause as well. uh, So I don't, I have like one conversation a week with someone in my friend group where we're like, God, we're lucky. We're really lucky. Um, Friday night, we had a birthday party for one friend in our backyard. And just at the end of the night, I was glowing. Like we laughed all night. It was a blast. Saturday night, another friend hit a birthday party at the Swifts. We had a big picnic. It was great. And I like, we're all being very intentional about the time we spend together. Like I'm going out of my way for my friends a lot more than I have in years. Nice. Yeah. All right. Less strange topic for, for certainly less strange topic to you, but maybe foreign to other people. Let's talk about art. Sheena, you're an artist. Yes. Uh, and you have just created a huge product project, completed a huge project. Aside from the other art that Sheena creates, she creates art, which she then takes out onto the street and applies to different locations. And I would love you did a 500 piece project and I would love to hear about it. Like where, where did the idea come from? How did you get started? What was it like? Just gush, tell us, tell us everything about it. I've been I've been recording voiceovers on videos all day about this, so <laughs> it's on my mind. Good timing. Good timing. Uh, <laughs> the I started the project in 2019. Uh, my marriage was ending. I was sad. It seemed like all of my friends were sad. It was winter, <laughs> and I needed to do something. I was at the Southwester at my first artist residency there mm-hmm. and Mary Oliver died while I was there. And I had a book of her poetry with me and the summer day was in that book, which is tell me what are you going to do with your one wild and precious life? And I was in this really weird liminal space in my life and I didn't really know, yeah. but I knew I wanted to make art. I knew I needed to do something to like cheer my friends up. I knew that, you know, if I was doing it to cheer my friends up, it might cheer other people up. And there's another Mary Oliver quote that I love, which is my work is loving the world. And I've always really felt strongly about that. Uh, So I came home from the Southwester and had no idea what I was doing and had the idea because I had hung hoops on utility poles before to just give them away. I would Mm -hmm. put one there, put something on Instagram, say, go grab this. And they grab it. Just a little, uh, a little moment of clarification for our listeners. When she says hoops, she's talking about embroidery. Yes. Uh, She does hand stitching embroidery. So No, no, no apologies needed. I just wanted to make sure that we had that in there somewhere in case someone's like, what kind of hoop? With yeah. earrings? Hula hoops? Uh, I want a hula hoop. That would be wacky. Uh, right? Uh, just hula hoops left around Portland. <laughs> just well, random Portland hula hoops. Yeah. <laughs> wacky but Portland. Yeah. Right on um, But so I was sitting here and I have, 
a notebook filled with quotes. I've written down lines of poetry, lyrics from songs. I've been doing this since I was 14 or 15, just jotting them all down. There is a quote that I write in the front of every notebook I get, which is, uh, to be tough is to be fragile, to be tender is to be truly fierce. Um, I was told I was too sensitive a lot growing up. So when I read that, it stuck with me. I stitched that up. I marched outside, stapled it up. And it was exhilarating. Like, I was friends with street artists. I loved their work, but I'd never done it. Yeah. It was exhilarating. I, it was amazing. The next day I woke up, did a couple more, went on a walk, stapled those up. Next day, went on a walk with a couple more, did it again. Um... I tried to put them in places that my friends would see. I tried to put them outside businesses that I frequented and liked the owner mm -hmm. or, you know, the other customers. I tried to put them near bus stops where I knew people would see them. And people started to see them. Uh, mostly at first it was my friends posting pictures of them. But then in April, this woman who I'm now friends with, Jen, posted a picture of one that I'd posted, was one of the first ones I'd done. It was the seventh one, actually. Back in January, she posted a picture of it with a caption about how she'd had a terrible day and how seeing that changed everything in that moment for her. I didn't know her. I didn't know her at all. She knew people I knew. Someone tagged me. It's like this thing that I had no idea what I was doing. It's working. <laughs> and I people could, are smiling. I'm, people what? are smiling. I made I made a stranger smile. And if yeah. someone posted about it on the internet, chances are good it's happened to people that I don't know about. Yeah. And I kind of couldn't stop. Um. Was 500 the original goal? No, no. And I'm going to keep going. I just want to make sure I mark this milestone because I, yeah. I tend to breeze past the big deal moments and just move on to the next thing. So I'm really trying to take time with this one because it is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I ever had a goal beyond make people happy. How so much you've of well the, surpassed. How, yeah. How how much of the how much of the city have you explored with this project? Uh well there are whole neighborhoods I've never walked into. Let's okay. say that. Yep. Yep. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep branching out. Like this year I went to Cully for a couple walks. Mm -hmm. uh, because I actually did a poll at the beginning of summer and asked people what neighborhoods I should hit this year because I, I live in Southeast. I tend to just do my, like my walkable neighborhoods. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, if I got to Northeast, it was like Kern, like Kerns ish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Sullivan's Gulch. 
Uh, if I was driving somewhere, I might bring a couple in the car with me. And so, you know, Alberta and North Portland got hit. Yep. Uh, but like this, this summer, people asked for Cully, people asked for Woodstock. Um, I actually looked at the zip codes of all of my orders. <laughs> it was That's really smart. methodical. That's and really I have a lot of people around Reed and Eastmoreland. Mm -hmm. uh, people asked for Selwood. People asked for Cully. Um, so I, I hit all of those. Okay. And then a few random, like, I hit a coffee shop I really like in Montevilla. Um, just some random ones here and there. Yep. Um, yeah. I also, I, I house sat for a very fancy house in the West Hills. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that the neighbors wanted to call the police on me as I was like <laughs> out there in the middle of the night. <laughs> um, so yeah, what it, that's Portland Heights, I think is what that neighborhood's called. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, there's a few over there now. Uh, there's a surprising lack of wooden poles on the west side. They're like in pockets. Mm -hmm. Huh. Yeah. I've yeah. never thought about that before. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Have you made... What has changed from Fabric 1 to Fabric 500? Have you changed what you're stitching on? Have you changed what you're stitching with? Have you changed how you're applying them? Is no, no, all the no, same, all the same, yeah. all the same. I use because I use uh, linen for like the art I make in hoops and and for the art gallery I was showing at. Uh, I have tons of scraps, mm -hmm. so I just have bags full of scraps, and I would pull the scraps out, write the quote on the the scrap, stitch it up, and go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I've gone through four staple guns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I figured out today about 6,000 staples. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, but everything else is, is kind of the same. This year, I took a lot of time picking quotes. Like, I wanted things that were really meaningful to me and my journey with yeah. this and in general. So there's a lot of poetry. There's just a lot of quotes about feelings. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So at a certain point, you said ever since you were 14 or 15, I think ever since yeah. you were a teenager, you've been collecting quotes from music, from poetry, from wherever you find them. Um, was that what that first batch was? Did you just run through like everything that, little Shana had written down. She was a no, kid up till now. No, no, no. The first batch I did, a, I did a lot of Mary Oliver because mm -hmm. the inspiration kind of started there. Uh, 2019 was also just kind of a weird, like it felt like something was about to happen in yeah. many ways. Yeah. Um, since I was a teenager, I've had a fascination with the May 68 
uh, riots in Paris. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And their political art and slogans were top notch. <laughs> like <laughs> their posters were beautiful, and their their slogans were really poetic. Uh, so I used a bunch of those. Nice. And then you know, just some random quotes, some random lyrics thrown in. The first year, I think it was 122 altogether. Mm-hmm. Um. And that, that first year, I'd also just moved into an art studio. And so I was walking there every day, too. So it was it, it was just a constant. <laughs> like, and people started sending me quotes that they oh. do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't think of that. Of course that. Yeah. Yeah. Of course that would happen, which yeah. is probably both a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I thought, oh, no, that's not going to happen. I, also, yeah. I have rules in general about whose voice I will amplify. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, here's one thing that has changed. I add the person's name, the person who said its name. I didn't when I first started. That's, and in 2020, yeah. I realized I can't quote a black woman and, and not, not give her credit yeah. mm-hmm. i don't want anyone to think that i said something angela davis said yeah that's not okay so yeah i started i started that that's good that's a that's a excellent upgrade yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's a there's a form of art that i'm not terribly familiar with but i've been exposed to through friends called like a weathergram that is you know part of it is your art being exposed to the elements and i can imagine i can imagine in portland that that, well you know it's not the harshest weather it it can be damp and and windy and those kind of things like what's it like watching something you've created change over time and how does that how does that affect you as an artist that's thrilling like i didn't expect to find that part so enchanting but i used to make it a point of passing by my posts when i was out walking um and i would take a picture and so a few of the videos I was working on today are like showing what it looked like when I first hung it until it disappeared. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible. There's one there's one nearby that is so sun bleached that it's completely white. The the thread <laughs> is completely white, but you can still read it. And I love that. How long um, do they last? there are there are a couple that are almost five years old out there uh uh, some get taken almost immediately i met a woman at the gallery who confessed to me that she'd (laughs) swiped a bunch (laughs) (laughs) and i didn't know how to feel (laughs) yeah that's because part of this is i have to let go the moment it's up there yeah it's out of my hands like i Mm -hmm. whatever happens now happens yeah um 
I put one up by my best friend's coffee shop. And she took it right down and sent it to a friend. I'm like, <laughs> dude, I left it there for you so you could see it regularly. She's like, but you can you can do another. <laughs> I could. That was for you. Wow. Um, yeah, that's. Yeah. So, uh, and someone I shared a studio space with actually watched someone take one ones. And like. They watch them like pull the staples out and fold it up and put it in their pocket and walk away like they had found a treasure. I thought mm-hmm. that was really lovely. Yeah. I've, I, also, I've also had some vandalized, which is not great. Yeah. Uh, there was someone setting fire to them, hmm. which was alarming. Yeah. Yeah. For so many reasons. For so, like, are you okay? Are, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really my question. Yeah. Like, it hurts my heart. Are you okay? Because that doesn't seem okay. Yeah. Um, people have stopped because I asked them to stop. Mm-hmm. But people used to send me pictures of destroyed ones. No. Like, I don't want to know. That's I, I don't. I'll find it on yeah. my own, but I don't need to see the the carnage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that doesn't feel great, but mm-hmm. what did you, I, when you started this, did you expect that? What did you expect to see? I've been making some political art for many years now, mm-hmm. and I had gotten harassed. I'd had people land in my messages with threats just a lot of trolley behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I expected, I expected some of that. Yeah. I've definitely gotten that, especially 2020. I did a lot of really political posts. Um, oddly, the, the posts that I would just, stitch a person's face wearing a mask that Mm -hmm. said things like show love Mm -hmm. those were the ones that people got the most angry about Hmm. uh that and wow yeah yeah. feelings uh that and there was one that said we could we should all be Mm anti-fascist that i remember that one yeah, yeah that that made a lot of people mad because there yeah. is a basic lack of understanding of what that means. I, I don't know that there's anywhere in the world that wasn't politically heated in 2020, but yeah. it certainly wouldn't have been Portland. Yeah. Um, you could have removed four things that were happening in Portland and we still would have been experiencing extreme crisis in this city. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and still are. So it doesn't surprise me that those would be the ones that would, be singled out especially when the statement isn't so much a black and white statement it's like oh look did you forget that there are humans on the other side of this right humanity oh my gosh humanity right um and anytime we try to remind people that we're human too feelings can get a little yeah muddy yeah so you didn't jump into being you were you were like i think i'll be a political artist Um, you've been an advocate, you have been political, you have been an artist. What, 
How does one decide to follow the path in life that you have? Because it's not conventional. You're not, I wouldn't call you a conventional individual. No, I started off very conventionally though. Like Mm -hmm. I had a very conventional job for a long time, but I was deeply unhappy Mm -hmm. and and exhausted and burnt out. And uh, while I learned a lot and am grateful, I knew there was something else I should be doing. I always made things. I, I'm very lucky. My mom makes art. Uh, she definitely encouraged it. I think I disappointed her in many ways for years because I didn't show an interest in hmm. making art. Yeah. <laughs> like I would rather just read when I was a kid. Hmm. Um, I mean, it's hard when your parent does something really great and then you have to rebel against it by not doing the thing. Yeah. 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 Well, it just made it all seem so easy. That was part of it. Mm -hmm. I didn't see her toil. I just saw the finished product that looked amazing and wonderful. And so that was really intimidating. Yeah. Um, But I continued to, you know, dabble and... when we moved to Portland from Chicago in 2010, I started making full time. I was making jewelry then, but I was like just making all sorts of stuff. At at one point early on in Portland, I did, I did a year of making where I made something every single day and posted a picture. And I, I realized that, we do creative things all the time in our life that we don't think about. Cooking can be creative. Baking can yeah. be creative. I started counting those things because they you're making something out of nothing. Yeah, it mm-hmm. counts. It's it magic. counts. Um, in 2014, I had an idea for some embroidery and I made it and listed it on Etsy. <laughs> and here I am. In 2018, uh, my ex-husband and I went on a road trip and we were in LA and went to a art show that was curated by Shepard Ferry. It was all political art. Yeah. It was called Into Action and... my mind was blown, like completely, it completely reshaped the way I thought about political art. And I just knew that that was what I wanted to do. When we drove from LA back North, we stopped in the Bay to visit friends and family. And in the window of a storefront in Oakland, there was a sign that said the role of the artist is to make the revolution irresistible. Ooh. Yeah, it's Tony Tony Cade Bombara. And I Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just stood there and I was like, well, I think the universe is telling me something. <laughs> and it everything kind of shifted from there. That's also when I decided to divorce my ex. So 
it was a big year. <laughs> that is a big year. So that was 2019, you said? That was 2018 when I decided to do it. Okay. Yeah. So you said that when you came to Portland, that's when you started doing making full-time yeah. art and making. Yeah. Is there something, is that something about Portland? Is that something about where you were in your life? What does the, what does the art scene look like in Portland? What does the, I don't care about the art scene. What does the art community look like in Portland? It's really supportive. It's really supportive. I had already made friends with a bunch of Portland creators on Etsy. Like I came to Portland with friends who made things. So I already had a small community when I got here. And everyone was really supportive and helpful and showed me around and showed me where to get supplies. And, you know, they're told me about the weird thrift store on Gleason that sold vintage craft supplies. Like, yeah, you know, just, it was great. It was great and really supportive. Like that's, I can't really say that enough. Uh, I didn't feel like it was very competitive it felt very collaborative. Like people were looking to help. People wanted to work with you. People wanted to make projects with you. It just, it was great. And my ex was a musician and he was having the same experience. It's interesting about Portland. It doesn't seem to matter what the passion is, but any, any community in which there's a lot of passion, we've got the startup community, we've got the art community, we've got, um, food and beverage community. We've got like people who are making amazing clothing, people who are making amazing art. And within those insular communities, there just seems to be so much love and support for the other people that are in it. Yeah. Um, that I don't know that we necessarily see that happening in communities and other locations. Well, and I, it happens across communities too. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Reverend Nat is a great example yes. of love and and passion and giving happening across communities. He he has given so much to the art community. He's given so much to the startup community. He's done so much protesting and so much hard work um, in the face of people having rights stripped from them. And yeah, he's like, his company is a model of how companies behave in Portland that way. Yeah. 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 That's a loss. I I'm, I'm excited for him for whatever he does next, but it's a loss. It is. Yeah. We're all sad, but also happy for you. Yeah. Sad and happy. For sure. It's very confusing. (laughs) A lot of feelings that people might need to work out about Rev Nat's closing. So, you know, this is a safe space to do that. Yeah. We can do that. I can have feelings. You can have feelings. (laughs) Anyone want to have some feelings? Sad. Yeah. Um, but I think you said it. I'm very happy for what he's going to do next and whatever, where his life is going to lead him. Yeah. But. Um, well, yeah. and that, that touches on something that, that I was curious about Shana, like with this, this project in particular, it would be very easy to be like, for lack of a better analogy, Banksy ish and just kind of put it up and, that's not my art. Like I don't, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah. but have you always like, have you always been like, that's mine. I created that. And, and if so, like what, what gave you the courage to like put that out there and, and be like, that's mine. Look what I did. 
I don't know that it's courage as much as stupidity. <laughs> because most street artists, because come say, come saw, you know, say, yeah, say diff. it's a fine line. <laughs> uh, most street artists go by an alias. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. have a moniker. I was already pretty well known. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't feel like I. I didn't feel like starting another Instagram. There. I also didn't want to just put it up here and not post it. Like, I have art that I make just for me that no one sees. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want that to, this to be that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I knew that if it helped anyone here, it would probably help someone on the internet. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And... Yes. There are days that I wish that no one knew. (laughs) (laughs) But most of the time it's great. (laughs) It does how I am I am very recognizable in public. I am big. I have I have bright hair. I've always had bright hair. People say things to me about it in public. Mm -hmm. I for a while, I was working part-time at a shop in the Pearl, and someone came in, was checking out, and, like, leaned over the counter, and very quietly, it was like, I love you on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and my coworker was, like, dying. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, that's like, no. It's a, it's a big moment for someone, though. That can be a really big moment for someone. And yeah. if they don't handle it in a creepy way, yeah. Yeah. then it's delightful. Yeah. How has the street art that you have done influenced indoor art? Like, I don't know, just art art. Because you create, oh, you create art both because you're selling it and because yeah. it's something that you love to do. So. It it makes me wish I didn't have to create art to sell. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Because Yeah. I just I wish I could just give art away for free. Period. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. That was a weird thing I didn't anticipate happening. Well, but, I mean We've all, I mean, we've all developed big feelings about capitalism for the last few years, too, so yeah. I, it's not surprising. But it, yeah. it it does just make me wish that there was a way that I could do that and just do that yeah. and not have to. I, that's a lie. I love working on big pieces of art. <laughs> Having the space at the gallery and, and knowing that the bigger pieces that I work on have a, a place to live that was that was such a privilege yeah um and i love working like i have so many ideas for big pieces right now i'll never stop doing those mm-hmm. but i like kind of wish i didn't have to worry about well how do i sell it what do i do like yeah. all of that mm-hmm. that's the business part of being an artist that's not really fun for anybody I I feel like there should be like, we should have partnerships of people, people who just like doing business for no reason. And just like, I just want to do the business part. It's fun. 
and someone who likes to do the art part and is like, I just want to do the art part. The business hurts my soul. I'm sure um, that exists. Like, but I haven't that found be, it. That should be a match made in heaven kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that the idea for someone, but <laughs> yeah, I, I hate that the business part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like when it's, it, when it's a day to ship orders, I'm like, oh. and then yeah. I start doing it and I write everybody's thank you notes yeah. and I remind myself they're going to get their pizza boxes. I ship in pizza boxes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, there is, there's one person on this call that was very upset the first time a piece of your art arrived at the house. I ordered a piece of art. You can't see it. It's hanging up there. And it arrived in its signature pizza box. And Rick was so excited (laughs) because he didn't know it was pizza day. He was like, we're having pizza. You got me a pizza. And I was like, I could not have anticipated this turn of events. He was not happy. I think he wound up getting pizza for dinner. I think That's... I wound up ordering pizza for dinner that night because I was like, you can thank the artist That's valid. for shipping in a pizza box. <laughs> um, I've also uh, had their people's art accidentally get tossed when oh, someone in their no. house doesn't know that it arrived in a pizza box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is the absolute perfect shipping vessel it is. for your art. Yeah. It is amazing. Um, and my mom yeah. worked at the post office when I was a kid and used to tell me how postal employees love weird packages. Hmm. Nice. That it like breaks up the monotony of the day when they yeah. when something silly That's comes fair. through. Yeah. yeah. So, so you're creating joy like all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. No, my mail carriers all comment on it. So, nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. The man, you you got to keep the. Occasionally, I will have to mail something for this podcast, and there was one incredibly wonderful moment where I was mailing. I was mailing dice, which I'll I'll, I'll probably just hand you this next time I see you. But this is your okay. Happy birthday, <laughs> guys. Um, but I was mailing dice to some of our former guests, and the guy working at the hand the counter was so excited. He was like. Is like a die. Is this a D20? And I was like, <laughs> yes, yes, it is. <laughs> and then he was like, do, do, check the second. Back. This is a D22. What are you doing? Do you make these? And it led to an amazing conversation about the Fun. show. Um, but it was just like, yeah, the, like anything you can do in someone's day, anyone's yeah. day to break yeah. up a little happy mischief, a little yeah. like mischievous joy is yeah. a beautiful thing. And except when a pizza box shows up and Rick doesn't get a pizza in them. I understand. Yeah. Last night, last night, everyone was, it was pizza night at the restaurant right by my house. And everyone was walking by with their pizza. At yeah. like eight o'clock, I was walking over there to get a pizza. I, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I understand. Yeah. yeah. There's a, there's your, there's your business partnership right there. Just like <laughs> get some, get some biz dev for a local pizza shop and you're in good shape. Send a coupon to every person who orders yeah, art from you. That's right. Yeah. Or you thought it was pizza? You should buy this pizza. There you go. <laughs> his, his marketing brain at work. <laughs> so I'm wondering, we have a bunch of people who are not artists, I'm going to guess, watching this. Maybe some of you are artists, but what do you wish not people who 
What do you wish people knew about how to support artists? Because this is something that you share on your Instagram sometimes, and that I've heard you talk about. Sometimes we just don't know how to support people. And there are more ways to support an artist than just buying their art. Although yay, buying art is awesome. Yeah. What can people do to support you and other artists? Share their work. Make sure they're tagging people in their work. Talk about it. Share. Recommend your artist friends for holiday gifts. Like that's Ooh. a big one. Yeah. Um, if an artist has a Patreon or anything like that, even the tiniest, it's a big deal. Like all of that tiny support adds up. Yeah. I've had people drop boxes of supplies off on my porch just because they found them in their attic. Like, You know, that could be cool for some vintage, like vintage realness. I could talk about this for a long time, but the quality of embroidery hoops has declined. (laughs) They're so flimsy now. They're so really push the plastic ones too. Yeah, Yeah. but they used to be like really nice wood. The hardware was nicer. They were just better made. There was mm-hmm. a fire in a factory where they made them at one point in the last few years. So that screwed up the supply chain for many mm. people. Like a lot of embroidery artists on the internet were complaining about this. Mm. And then what we were getting instead were just terrible. So yeah. when somebody offers me a box full of vintage hoops, I sign me up. Yeah. Um, showing up to events when, when artists actually are having their gallery openings, it's a big deal when people come, like you feel like you didn't do that work for nothing. I've had Portland, a- Portland specifically RSVPing <laughs> to event isn't just showing interest. It means yeah. you're going to go, Yeah, go to the event. Yeah. Yeah. Portland. I'm kidding you. <laughs> Understanding that art takes time also mm-hmm. and not not acting like it's oh that's nothing. You could do that easily. It's, it's, that's that's maybe my most favorite slash least favorite is you look at that, you're like, that's super cool. I could do that myself. I'm not gonna you know, I'm not gonna do that. If you could do it yourself, you would have done it by now. Right. Yeah. I uh I had a couple in my booth at the Crafty Wonderland winter show mm-hmm. a few years back before COVID. And the husband said to the wife, don't you know how to do this? And she said, yeah. He said, you should, you should make gifts for everybody for this holiday season. Had the conversation stopped there, it would have been fine. He started taking <laughs> pictures of my work. Oh, dude. And was like, dude. So just, he'll just. And I said, sir, I am sitting right here and you were talking about stealing my work. And he said, no, I'm not. I said, yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
the wife just walked away mortified. She like mumbled an apology, realized instantly. Yeah. And walked away. But yeah. Yeah. I know that's, I know, I know it's not ill intent, but like, dude, seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Do I walk into, I don't know what you do for a living, but do I walk into your hot dog making restaurant and (laughs) coffee the way you make your hot dogs? I don't know. (laughs) I also get a lot. Don't give artists advice unless they've actually asked you for it. Yeah. The the phrase you know what you should do, we don't want to hear it. We because we're doing what we want to do. We're doing what we should be doing. Yeah. And if there's something else we should be doing, we'll get there on our own. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, the you know what you should do. I had a chef do that to me once, and I looked at him and said, "Sir." What would happen if I went into your kitchen and told you how to do something? He said, I wouldn't be happy. And he like immediately understood what he. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, the unsolicited advice. Mm, no, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> so do you've it. just heard all of these ways that you can support artists, either by doing something or just by not doing something. Right. Just, there are certain things not to do do yeah. those things. Yeah. Um, and Shana, you reminded me, and I was kind of thinking about this the other day. It is, it's almost holiday shopping. Like makers, vendors, crafters are all getting ready for like the huge rush. Is there anywhere that, what are your plans for this holiday season? Are you going to be creating and selling art for the season? I am. As soon as I get through this whole 500 thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to, I don't know what to call it. <laughs> uh, 500 magical scraps. With 500 bread. magical scraps. Uh, as soon as I get through all that, I'm shifting gears into holiday prep. Yeah. Uh, I've got wholesale orders for a couple of stores that I need to fill. And so I'll be, st- I, I sell my work at Crafty Wonderland and a couple other places around town, but then add a couple stores in Seattle, a couple stores in the Bay. So I'm working on that. I've kind of stopped doing big shows. Yeah. My introvert brain can't actually do it anymore. <laughs> it's- my brain is like Crafty Wonderland's a big show, but it's. It, well, no, I sell at the store. Oh, 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 at the store, not at the market. Okay. Yeah, no, the last Crafty Wonderland market I did was in 2019. It was my most profitable show ever. Mm -hmm. I couldn't actually speak to people for about 10 days afterwards. I so horrifically understand that. Yeah, I was, I was, I felt brain dead. Absolutely. Absolutely brain dead. Yeah. It was also... it was 2019. So my work had gotten more political. I had a lot of people just trying to argue with me at the show. (laughs) (laughs) That's not helpful. That's another thing. We'll put it on the list. Don't don't show up just to argue with an artist. Don't show up to fight. Yeah. 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 Um, So yeah, after, after that, and then COVID started and I was like, well, I don't know that I want to like shows don't seem like a good idea. 
idea anymore. Yeah. Uh, a good friend throws a small show at a bar that she used to work at every year. She asked me if I would do it. So I will probably do that. That'll probably be my one and only. And, yeah. you know, I'll bring all my stuff and I'll sell some stuff and it'll be great. But it'll be at a bar with your friend and it'll be like having yeah. a day out. Yeah. 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 Nice. All right. I want to shift gears. We're going to move on to the mildly interesting questions okay. part of the show. What I'm going to do is these first four questions that I'm going to ask you are the same questions we ask every guest this season. The last question is the roll for it question. We rolled before the show to make things more smoothly. Rick thinks it's so that I can pick any question I want to and lie about it. I'm not going to say which is actually the case. I am just going to say, <laughs> I actually did. I just got lucky and rolled the one I wanted this week. Uh -huh. It was very fortunate. <laughs> I need to set up a second camera that's just on the die. Just on so the you die. Can't, yeah. You can't. Cheat. I think we'll work on it. All right. So I'm going to ask you these questions. If one seems to be too intense or stressful or you just don't have an answer, please feel free to ask to skip it. But much like Family Feud, we will come back around to it and ask you okay. to answer it again. So. Question number one, what is one habit that you would like to pick up over the next year? I want to start dancing again. Oh, I used to take dance classes, regular dance classes. Mm -hmm. The happiest I've ever been in my life was when I was taking three or four dance classes a week. <laughs> Nice. Because exercise doesn't have to be horrible. <laughs> no. But exercise does make your brain do magical things like yeah. release endorphins and joy. Yeah. Nice. So, uh, and I, I had been in 2019 still, I had, I was down to one, but it was still happening. And then COVID happened and dance classes kind of stopped. Yeah. yeah, And I know places have started up again. I just haven't done the research and figured out what I want to do. So well, we've all, we've all had to live this completely different life for three years. Yeah. And I tried, like, I tried to do online classes at home, but it wasn't, it wasn't the same. Yeah. So that's, I want to get back to that. Nice. Yeah. Question number two, would you rather know a little bit about a lot of things or everything about one thing? A little bit about a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Question number three, what do you need from the grocery store? Hmm. hmm. Probably <laughs> fruit, probably seasonal fruit. Seasonal fruit. If, yeah. If I, if I don't get it at the farmer's market, I get it at the grocery store. Yep. All right. Question a lot of fruit. Question number four, would you like to survive the zombie apocalypse? Yes. Excellent. I thought that would be the case. Fantastic. Your style will be so on point during the zombie apocalypse. Any random outfit that you get stuck have you, in. Have you read uh, Station Eleven? Has everyone here read Station Eleven or nope. touched the show? Making a note. Station Eleven. It's about a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I made everyone I knew read it when it came out in like 2013 or 2014. Mm -hmm. So when... COVID happened, I was getting texts and calls from friends <laughs> who were like, you prepared us for this. But it, it focuses on a, a group of artists who travel. Hmm. And well, 
they just try to make joy in the world. So I will read it. I I feel like this is something that should be in my yeah apocalypse vocabulary. All it's right. pretty great. It's like a post-apocalyptic story that isn't terrifying. It's not zombies, but it's you know yeah yeah still the apocalypse. All right, question number five this week is question number thirteen. Rick will remember this question fondly. Shana, what is the correct number of pillows per bed per person? Two. Excellent. Thank That's you. That's the right answer. That is the right answer. It's the right mm-hmm. answer. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. This has been absolutely fun and exciting. And there are actually a bunch of other art related questions that I'd like to delve into at some point. Okay. But not today. Okay. Um, today. I'm going to ask Rick to wrap this episode up in a tiny little bow. But before that, thank you so much for being my new quote for me. No, no, I'm not calling you creepy. I'm calling me creepy. Thank you so much for dealing with me being a little bit outside of what would be considered normal and not creepy and being my new friend. I've really had a great time getting to know you this summer. That's great. I like Rick is just shaking his head. He's like, girls, are weird. I don't know, really I don't glad, know what's I'm going really on. I'm glad you put that message because like I, it, it, it did. I was like, oh, that's sweet. I, you're buying a Morticia hoop for a teenager. That's no, the Morticia hoop was, the Morticia oh. hoop was for me. It was Elvira. What did you buy for a teenager? Elvira. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. Still, still excellent. Yeah. Still yeah. Excellent. yeah. It was so good. I can't believe nobody had purchased it. I know. The day that you released those hoops, I actually like set an alarm to go buy the Morticia and Gomez one because I was like, I need that. That's mine. Uh, There's there's probably going to be three different Morticia and Gomez ones this year. Okay. I've already started planning October. So that's fun. We'll we'll chat about that later right now. (laughs) Rick, wrap it up. Okay. Uh, Shana, absolute pleasure to meet you. Thank you for carving out time to be here with us. Uh, one of our goals for this season was to get the chance to engage with artists and and hear more about their work. And and I'm very happy that we got the opportunity to, to have that sort of conversation with you and learn more about you, not only from your work, but also as an artist. And, and really appreciate you sharing that. Really appreciate the work you do in our community and and how you transform our community for the better through sharing that love and and happiness on random wooden poles all over the place. So thank you so much for doing the work you do and for joining us to share more about it. We really appreciate it. Thank you. 